Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week. So keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. Thanks for downloading another episode of the Thundercast. You can follow us on Twitter at Thundercast underscore pod and over on Facebook. Go give the page a like over there as well. And please, at this point, go to YouTube and subscribe subscribe to the Thundercast YouTube channel. As we saw really recently, we have some Thundercast uh, YouTube exclusive content. Most recently, the National Signing Day uh, football recruiting recap video, which has been really well received. Uh, so you don't want to miss any of the content that's going on over there on YouTube. Russell is a very busy week in um, herd athletics. Some of the seasons are starting to wind down. Team, our teams are in basketball, particularly, are clawing for positions within the conference and you know fighting for conference tournament seeding potentially. And we're going to talk about some of the games that uh, happened since our last recording over the end, uh, or since our last recording that have happened since that recording. Uh, and there's a lot of other stuff just floating out there. So mm-hmm. let's get into this. Let's get a let's get a word from mm-hmm. our sponsors and uh, get this episode rolling. So uh, here is 304carwreck.com. If you've been hurt in a wreck, visit 304carwreck.com on the web or on Facebook. You can't stop a bad driver from crashing into you and making you a victim. But when you're hurt and you try to deal with the insurance companies alone, you set yourself up to be a victim again. Don't be a victim twice. Jason and Matt can't protect you from bad drivers, but they can protect you from the insurance companies. Find them at 304carwreck.com. All right, KD, before we get into the five things, uh, you mentioned some things floating around out there, and we just kind of want to address a couple of them because we won't be talking about them in the five things, and here's why. Uh, number one, there's a lot of uh, talk about the uh, game with Central uh, Connecticut State that uh, supposedly has been canceled and that the date may be moving, as everyone had kind of hoped that it would, so you wouldn't have a week one by, which is not ideal. Um, that's out there, but that has not been 100% confirmed. So we decided that until it's confirmed and there's an announcement by Marshall, we're not going to report on that and uh, no need to speculate. I put my speculation hat on all the time, but yeah, you, you know, when, when you reach out and the university says, no, we can't confirm that just yet. Um, we're, we're not going to talk. We're just going to say when we do have news, we'll talk about it. Yeah, I mean, in the meantime, it's it's something fans can try to do the old detective work and say, all right, who's off on this week? Who could we possibly get? Or are we going on the road or whatever? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that you can do to occupy your time. But, man, I don't have that kind of time to try to figure that kind of stuff out. I would just as soon wait for um, an announcement. But I think I, I, I feel okay saying that I'm somewhat relieved that this game's coming off the schedule. It, it goes without saying that it did not move the needle for really anybody. And we know why it was put on. You know, mm-hmm. there were some things that moved around and Marshall kind of had to get a game. And, and we, we understand. But as these things are fluid, things often change. And this one apparently has some movement behind it. So at least I can say, okay, 
a, a, a game that didn't move the needle for me is coming off the schedule. So now I'm I'm optimistic. And we don't know who's going on the schedule yeah. uh, to replace if this gets confirmed, right? I mean, right. you know, right now it hasn't been. But that game may or may not move the needle either. But if it's able to be moved to week one and we don't have a week one by, I'm 100% for that because, you know, if it's a – a throwaway game as far as like not a marquee game, not, you know, able to have a conference game that early in the season, no matter what it is. Um, if you're just trading weeks, if that's the way that it comes yeah. out, I'm a hundred percent behind this. So you don't have a buy and then have to go 12 consecutive weeks playing. Yeah. Marshall's trying to do something special this year, competing and you don't want to have to rip off 12 straight weeks without a bye week. If I'm going to trade one cupcake for another, I mean, okay. But at least give me the the leverage of not having a week one by. Then yeah. that's cool. That's cool. I, that's also a trade off I would be willing to make. Yeah. You know, I, I don't expect it. You're like, well, you know, we're not playing Central Connecticut State, but hey, guess who's coming? You know, Nebraska's coming. Now, I don't expect that to happen, but I'm just saying, if I, if I've got another cupcake and I don't have to have a week one by, that's a win in my opinion. And again, this has not been confirmed. Yeah, it's just all but, speculation. We're yeah. just saying. We're just talking. Yeah, but because it's out there and, you know, there was a news report from somebody else uh, just as of right now, it hadn't been confirmed, and that's the stance we're going to take on. Yeah. Uh, number two, a lot of uh, smoke about Corey Gamage because he did not get reported under Memphis's uh, signing class after mm-hmm. putting on Twitter that he committed to them. He took down uh photos of him in memphis gear and re uh uploaded photos from before when he was in marshall gear so there's all kinds of speculation on that but guess what he wasn't under the signing uh class that we just covered uh no statement has been made he's not made one unless he made one today that i've missed um but we can't report on news if it's not news all it would be is speculation and things you might see on social media or message boards or here at the post office or the water cooler. So again, same as with the other thing at been confirmed. So we got nothing to report to you. Yeah. Uh, I know there was some smoke throughout the fan base and like, Oh, look at, look, he, you know, once that tweet came out that uh, Corey wasn't on the Memphis signing day roster, people started thinking, well, maybe he's going to come back out of the portal and, you know, could be back here. And you're right. It, it's uh, until it's re- until it's something official out there, it's just completely speculation. And, yep. uh, you know, it, it is what it is. I, 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 as you were talking, I was checking um, and I didn't see him tweet anything, you know, about being back. So we'll just let I mean, that, we'll just let that lie until something comes out. Yeah. When something comes out, we'll tell you, we'll be putting it on social media and we'll be talking about it on the show until now. That's why you won't see it in the five things. Right. But we do have five things. We've got five <laughs> positive things, five good things. We've got so, five actual things that every herd fan needs to know this week. And as always, those five things are brought to you by Ignite Link, the Tri-State's premier IT management team. Let's start off with number one, Luisa Travazos has been called up to the U20 Brazil national team camp. Yeah, pretty, super pretty cool, big. right? Yeah. Yeah, so of course that's uh um uh, soccer. Mm-hmm. And uh we we've we've seen a flurry of um 
signings from women's soccer here over the last couple of weeks so hitting in the portal some for future classes i saw one just the other day that's i think it's a class of 2024 prospect so uh you know we we took a hit with some scoring prowess uh hitting the portal but we have in turn hit the portal to try to round out this roster become more competitive in the Sun Belt, and i think we're doing that but this right here just to stick to this thing uh, Travasso is being called up to the Brazilian under 20 national team. That's kind of a big deal, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I would tend to think that um, I don't know much about soccer and I don't know much about who's uh, traditionally powerful worldwide in soccer, but I do know that Brazil is traditionally pretty powerful in soccer. Mm-hmm. So that's got to be a nice accolade to have in the cap. And it's got to be um, a good sign uh, for things regarding herd women's soccer right yeah this camp is uh february 13th through the 22nd it's a 10-day camp that she'll be going to uh she was a freshman this year just to tell you a little bit about her and scored four goals in 18 matches for us uh, great sign though like you said a national team at any any nation has to be good you know there's only sure. so many spots that they're going to have at that camp so uh huge news for her Super happy for her. And uh, this is the second uh, player for us in that many years with Kat Gonzalez going uh, to the uh, World Cup qualifying matches for the Dominican Republic last year. So just tells you we got some good talent on uh, this women's soccer team. Yeah, definitely do. Uh, You can tell that they're on the uptick. Um, I think uh, I'm not trying to take anything away from from. Um, you know, what uh, is being done on the women's side of thing. But, you know, those championships, the men making those deep runs, getting the brand out there that Marshall soccer is a player, uh, you know, uh, it's had to have opened some eyes and and make some uh, athletes more willing to take a more serious look at Marshall. And then at that point, it's on our coaches and um, our assistants to, you know, sell them on Huntington and soccer in Huntington. And I think they're doing a great job of that. So, uh, like I said, I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but get, being able to open those eyes to folks who probably never have heard of Marshall or would have paid attention to Marshall, it's starting to pay a little bit of dividends. So uh, I'm glad we're seeing some successes on both sides from the men's and the women's sides uh, because of of our uh, uh, standing in the collegiate soccer going up here over the past few years. Yeah. Number two in – I, I need you to temper your excitement because I know you've got this. <laughs> you're waiting with this word. I see you rocking back and forth, getting it's ready cocked to say and it. loaded. And I'm going to let you do it. But uh, Swim and Dive has been named a 2022 fall semester CSCAA Scholar America team. KD, what is it? That's a differentiator, baby. That is a differentiator. We talk all the time about how well our athletes perform in the classroom, how that should resonate with parents of potential recruits uh, coming here to Marshall, what they should know about our seriousness, uh, how we take, you know, scholastic endeavors along with things on the field or in the pool or uh, in the gym, on the track, whatever. And this is great at team 3.3 GPA for the fall semester. I mean, that's, that's really good. 3.83, sir. What did I say? 3.3. Oh, 3.83, sorry. 3.83, making them the number one team GPA in all of Division One. So it's not just a hit this benchmark, you you get the award. They were the number one team in all of Division One 
in team GPA. That is very impressive when you think about how many division one teams uh, there are that offer swim and dive, right? So that's, that's a big, big deal, man. Big deal. And the article goes on to say that Marshall had 16 student athletes earn a 4.0 GPA, 25 finished with a 3.5 GPA, and all student athletes earning at least a 3.0 GPA. Yeah. I did that's, that once. I that's think. getting it done. I <laughs> I think if I think if you added all mine up, I might have gotten to the three But I, I don't think they were cumulative to it's like cumulative like, in a different way. <laughs> like stacking them. You know, I don't I don't think they allowed that. Uh yeah. back then at least. That probably changed. But but no, that that is great. That's just that is awesome to to see. Um how hard is it just for a student to do that? Right. Uh, hard. Yeah. <laughs> That's for me. Guilty. <laughs> but uh, a student athlete with their schedule and the road trips that you have to yeah. go on. I mean, yeah. daggone, we're in the Missouri Valley Conference for swim and dive this year and, and last semester. So you've got to like drive or fly or whatever to go to these meets out in the Midwest, you know, several hours away and, just to be able to do that, get in practices, all that stuff, my hat's off to everybody. Yeah. I I say all the time, anytime you're number one in the country in anything, I don't care what it is, it's a big deal. And this is a big deal. So congratulations to them. Congratulations to uh, head coach Ian Walsh putting that culture in place and, and a true commitment to academics. Like the student athlete is an actual student athlete in that program. It's it's just that's just big time stuff, man. And I'm I'm proud of them. I'm proud of that. That takes a lot of work. Like I said, I I can look back and reflect on that more now as an adult and thinking, yeah, I probably could have worked harder. And that's why I didn't, uh, you know, score as high in my classes. But that just tells you how hard you kind of have to work to do it. Now I wasn't the greatest, but I did okay. They're doing. They're killing it. They're, uh, to use a terrible pun, they're blowing it out of the water, right? I mean, they really are. This is great. I'm gonna log off after. <laughs> One more pun and I'm out of here. Uh, all right. So uh, let's switch over to volleyball with number three. The volleyball schedule for the spring 2023 is out. Let me tell you a little bit about it. Uh, you got March 25th, Fairmont State right here in Huntington, 2 p.m. April 1st, Davis and Elkins here at 6 p.m. April the 6th, West Virginia State comes here at 6 p.m., and April 15th is at KIVA in Louisville, Kentucky, time to be determined. So only four different events in the spring, but three of them are right here. And for our fans that are closer to the Lexington, Louisville area, you have a chance to go a little bit for a shorter commute and watch them down there. Mm-hmm. Yep, this is uh, this is a team that I know we are both um, cautiously optimistic about because I remember the signings that came around and there were a lot of transfers. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of hope that uh, some holes were filled and that we'll see the next step be taken. We, I know we, we uh, had higher hopes last year and we hit a rough stretch and a rough patch and things started kind of, you know, getting off the, getting off the, off the right path a little bit and a little bit of a regroup and started pulling things back together and, 
you know, uh, Coach Ari and that staff, they work their tails off. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be able to identify those problems, those shortcomings, and then to not say, well, you know what, let's give it a minute. We'll see if we got it ironed out. No, they went and took action to try to provide immediate results, immediate upgrade. Uh, that's what you like to see. I like decision. Mm-hmm. I don't like indecisiveness in, in, in a head coach. And uh, Coach Ari has taken 100% percent ownership of her program and is trying her absolute damnedest to make us a contender in the Sun Belt. I'm really here for it. And I hope that we're, uh, that we see uh, some of the fruits of that labor uh, th- this spring. And uh, I've said this before, but it's a fun Super game, fun. you know, to go to, but especially if you have young girls like I do, you know, they, they love seeing that they love seeing people that, you know, they're not going to a men's, football game, a men's basketball game, men's soccer game, the women's volleyball, softball, women's soccer, tennis, just all across the board on what they can go to. It means a lot for them, right? Uh, So my girls had a blast going to watch them play. And speaking of, we're going to transfer over to number four out of our five things. They have uh, Marshall Volleyball announced the summer camp schedule. So number one is the Little Herd Camp, and it's July the 10th through the 13th. Check-in is at 8.30 a.m. It lasts from 9 to 12.30 every day with no lunch. It's just a straight three and a half hours. The cost is $30 uh, a day. And I said girls, but boys and girls can go to this ages 8 to 12. So uh, they provide a T-shirt for you. My girl, uh, oldest, went last year. Of course, she's in that age range, and she had an absolute blast. Mm -hmm. So if you have any girls or boys in the 8 to 12 range, you should give serious thought to sending them over because it's really fun. Well, and for no other reason, they get to rub shoulders with these hurt athletes a little bit. They get to rub shoulders and get to play where the – the big kids play, the collegiate athletes play. I mean, it's just a cool experience. So, you know, and it helps our volleyball program. This yeah. is a fundraiser for them. So this is kind of the, uh, you know, couple of kill two birds with one stone. Your, your, your children get to do something really cool. They might, they will probably build a couple of core memories and things that they'll remember for a long time. And, and you get to support uh, herd volleyball. So there's really not a good reason to not do it. Uh, if you can, if you can't understand, but if you can do it, you should do it. You should. And, um, when, uh, when they went last year, you know, I was, my daughter had never played before. So I was kind of interested on, you know, the skill level. And I can tell you from last year and the article, what it says this year, all skill levels are welcome. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if they are already on a team and have been playing for years or if they've never played and just want to go and have fun, they will tailor it to that individual child and allow them to have fun and learn. And I'm telling you, it's a good time. Yeah. Uh, They've also got some other things on here. I'm going to hit these real quick. Hitter and setter camp is for girls age 12 to eight. It's a little more advanced in that all skills camp ages nine to 18. Again, a little more advanced passer server 12 to 18, a little more advanced elite camp. If that doesn't tell you it's a lot advanced, um, 
that is for ages 13 to 18 and it's only a two-day camp and then there's a team camp uh will also be in july for varsity jv and freshman teams so there are seven total camps the first one is for kids of 8 to 12 doesn't matter your skill set the rest are individual things where people that are already playing girls that are already playing can can learn to do this so this is all on herdzone.com we've been telling you get that app uh if you have that app just go over to volleyball and it'll have all this information on it yep yep it, you got to Get out there. Uh, if you got a if you've got a youngin that plays volleyball, get them involved in these camps. Let them hone their skills a little bit. Um, if you've got a really good young player who needs maybe just a little bit of exposure or needs to go up against a little bit of better competition than they're getting in their normal practices or around their normal, you know, crowd, get them into these camps and let them go up against some you know stiffer competition or maybe get seen a little bit and. Uh, you know, maybe open some doors for themselves, but these are all good things. Again, I can't say it enough. This is a great opportunity to support herd volleyball. Just get out there, get out there and support them. All right. And our fifth thing to round out a very positive five things this week, Noah Thompson, American Idol winner from right here in the area, Louisa, Kentucky is uh, slated to sing the national anthem at the Marshall men's basketball game on February the 18th. Yeah, that's super cool, man. They've been um, having a flurry of special national anthem singers here lately. And uh, that's pretty cool. That's not something that I recall kind of being a thing too often at Marshall games, like especially mm -hmm. as when I was a student. You know, you might see one every now and then or once in a blue moon. But there's a lot of talented folks in this area, and uh, it's really great that Marshall's embracing them and giving, you know, bringing them in, sing for us, uh, do the national anthem for us. Uh, they had uh, uh, Landau. It? Landau, that's it. I couldn't yeah. think of it. Yeah, him the other day, and yeah. uh, the one that they posted, the the Van Hoose lady. I yeah, can't remember her man, first name, that one but... brought the house down. Yeah, and you know, Landau uh, obviously is good. Uh, at what he does <laughs> you know i mean he's nationally known probably internationally known and uh I, just to have these people but also the local kind of regional thing that you're talking about and the talent that they do it just yeah. sets it sets the tone for just such an experience we've got the lights now the herd lights which again they're on the herd zone app get the app uh, get the <laughs> app download it uh have it ready participate but Everything that they've done at the cam this year with uh, more things on the walls, more uh, intimate setting by, you know, not having people going to save $3 to be up in a potential uh, sauna. Well, no, it's <laughs> and not a, a danger zone. Yeah, you're drinking I with no gonna, handrails. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say a danger zone. There's no handrails up there and, and steep, but uh, just to have everybody down lower together it's been loud it's been mm -hmm. great uh the way that they've done everything uh just everything they've done has made it not only a harder place for opponents to play but a fun ticket to have to go to how many sellouts have we seen these last two games are going that when we have them here it's going to be the last two times to see tavion kenzie we're going to talk about that again when that mm -hmm. week comes up but it's Man, they they my hats off again. I know I've already used two hats off references, but 
in this instance, they deserve it. Hats off to everyone that's made the cam a place to be for basketball this year. Yeah, I think you've what we've done is shown the Sun Belt that Marshall's not just a football school. And I think a lot of fan bases throughout the Sun Belt just thought they're a football school. That's really all they care about. And, you know, they don't really maybe haven't been taking us seriously on other sporting fronts. And that's fine. That's fine. But I think right out of the gate, we came in and proved that we're pretty passionate about our basketball team. Mm-hmm. And we follow and we'll support our women's programs as well. Yep. Uh, anytime uh, out of town fans or opposing fans come into a volleyball match, a women's basketball game, whatever, whatever, there's a there's a decent contingency there. And and it's energetic and it's loud and it's fun, you know. So uh, I think we've opened the eyes of a lot of other fan bases about who we are uh, athletic department wide uh, as fans. And you're right, the decisions, some of the decisions that were made in the Cam Henderson Center this year were great because uh, the environment has been lively, to say the least. It looks really good on TV because I can't just walk across town and go into the Cam anymore. So when I get the opportunity to watch a game on TV, it looks really good. It sounds really good. I mean, just it's it's been a it's been a pretty, pretty good uh, string of decisions as far as Cam Henderson Center goes this year. Top four in attendance in the Sun Belt for basketball on the men's side this year are mm-hmm. the new the two the four new um all teams, the newcomers, yeah. yeah, that came into the Sun Belt. So uh it's been a huge boost. And Southern Miss and us, again, we're gonna talk about this a little later, are in the top three uh right now in the Sun Belt standings. And obviously the two of us were part of those four that were newcomers. So it's just been really good to have a, I had a lot more fun this year. Obviously we had a losing team last year. We got a winning team this year. It's fun team to watch, but I just feel like we've gotten a shot in the arm by moving to the Sun Belt in all areas and can't wait for soccer. Can't wait for baseball. Can't wait for softball. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything is just, feels so much better in the Sun Belt. Yep, sure does. I can't, it's hard to argue with that. Well, this is our five things. We had five positive things and it's always nice to have five positive things. Yep. And as always, those were brought to you by Ignite Link, the Tri-State's premier IT management team. Just can't say enough about um, all the things that we've been able to do positively across the athletic department. It seems like every week, the majority of things, if not all five things, are positive or at least uh, <clears throat> mention of something that will be positive. Mm-hmm. And we don't all we don't do that by choice. We you know, it's like there's something that's not so cool that's going on. We talk about it, right? Yeah. And but I think it, like you said, it, it's been a breath of fresh air this whole year. And this was just a it's just a good time to uh, be a herd fan. There's a mm-hmm. lot going on. There's a lot to be excited about. And we can always do better. Yeah, and there's always that crowd that's not going to be happy. But it, I think by and large, most herd fans are um, happier this year than they were last year. I would say that. And um, Ignite Link, I don't think we can say enough about what Jed and those guys do. Uh, if you've watched the national signing day episode, uh, you know, even something as small as, you know, I've heard people complain, like, uh, when we do press conference shows, you can't hear the reporters ask the questions. Well, our feed, our, what we shot had the reporters asking the questions. You could hear that. And that's, that's, uh, that's Jed that that's ignite link, you know, and I have to tell you a little something about that because, you know, that was the first one that we went to with mm-hmm. this setup. we we learned 
almost immediately that you can tell the difference in the clarity between out there just because of the the way they're in a semicircle and they're speaking toward that. So we're going to have it much better <laughs> for mm-hmm. next time because it's a learning experience. But, sure. you know, uh, we talked about having a, a, a little bit more high definition on the on the camera, not in an upgrading the camera situation because it's a great camera. It's just the the we're we're making fine-tuned adjustments and everything yeah. from this learning experience. So those guys really at something that they don't do, which Jed tries to tell everybody <laughs> all the time, they're really good at it. Yeah, they're getting really good at it. And yeah. he's just uh he's just an excellent um partner, you know, yeah. an excellent partner. And uh we just can't be more thankful for what they're helping us bring to the herd fan base. And by some of the comments that we get those folks are appreciative too. Mm-hmm. Y- you can tell they're like, yeah, man, this is really great. I'm glad you guys are doing this. And we have to throw that right back over to Jed and go, well, you know, we're just, we, we, we just do our thing. They, they help make us look really good. Yeah. Uh, but in speaking of the national signing day episode, that was kind of our feature right this week mm-hmm. um, because it was such a big deal and it went so long, of course. So this episode, we're going to do your five things. And of course, now we're just going to wrap it up with Around the Herd and talk about everything that has happened since our last episode. And I don't think there's anywhere better to start than track and field because there is some great news over the past two weeks from track and field. Uh, and I'm going to let you start it off since uh, we were heading to, let's see, I think we said we were heading to Louisville for a, a meet last week. Mm-hmm. So let's start there, and then we'll bring it up through this week. Yeah, so we had two straight weekends there, but this was the Lenny Lyles Invitational yeah. last last weekend. Stop me if I have said this before on this show. Abby Herring <laughs> broke her own record in the mile. <laughs> Is this like the fifth time that I've announced that she broke her own record? She just keeps getting better and better. Uh, again, local Parkersburg uh, athlete, four minutes, 53.09 in the mile. And uh, she had broken that just earlier in January. Mm-hmm. So that's twice in the same month that she broke her school record. Um and then Kylie Maston broke a record from 2017 set by Barkley Castro. Uh, she did a two minute, 12.34 second in the 800. And they broke an overall four records on that day. And uh, coach Jeff Small said that uh, that had been a long time since that had happened. Other uh, weekend high marks, it says uh, Krista Perry setting the fourth all-time best mark in the indoor pentathlon with 3,561 points. Micah Elaine scored a fourth-place finish in her season debut in the 400 as well. Um, Just four records. I don't see the other two where it it mentioned that unless those two were. I know one of them. Actually, I I think I know both of them, and and I will cover them when we talk about this week's results because they, they got broke again. They got broken again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to switch it on over to you. Now, a little bit of background is that you may notice we talked a couple of weeks back about the football players mm-hmm. and you might've known to notice they've been absent from our track and field reports is cause they have not been traveling with the team uh, because they had football workouts, other commitments, that sort of thing. 
but they're back and here's KD to tell us about it. Yeah. I mean, there's not much news from the men's side of things here at the Bell Bellarmine classic uh, that we had a couple of decent showings. I don't think anybody won any events, but women's track and field is the dominant story from Louisville again this weekend in the PNC Bellarmine Classic. They won the meet overall, 89 total points, beating 15 other teams at the meet. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Heard women's track and field won the overall meet. They had 28 total top 10 finishes, three overall wins, and several more records were set. And let's talk about those because you mentioned some of those before. Uh, first of all, your three overall wins. Uh, freshman Hannah Weiler won the 3,000, well, the 3K, put it that mm -hmm. way, with uh, 10 minutes, 19.37 seconds. Uh, and then uh, sophomore Tyra Thomas won the 60-meter hurdles with at 8.47 seconds. Yowza. Uh, and then senior Macy Majoy dominated, and this is their word, this is Herd Zone's word, dominated the pole vault with a new Marshall record, 4.1 meters, breaking her own record from one week prior at 4.03 meters. So two weeks in a row, she set a school record in the pole vault. Sophomore Kylie Maston set the next record uh, in the mile run with four minutes, 49, 49.91 seconds, breaking wow. the, her old record. I don't know if it was her old record. but It was Ab Abby Herring's record. Breaking the previous record by more than five seconds. Yeah. So if Coach Jeff Small has been, he's been around for a while. So he's far more in tune with the goings on of the track and field programs than we will ever be at Marshall. And if he's saying, I can't recall this happening, that ought to make you excited if you're a track and field fan or if you're just a Marshall Herd fan, you're thinking, oh yeah. man, we're doing stuff that we've never done before. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and records are falling seemingly every single week. And if, if it's not an old record, it's a current athlete breaking their own record. So this is really awesome stuff, man. Uh, I would, uh, again, I say this just about every week. I'd be lying to you if I told you I used to follow this closely. But this is one of those things, like we got so many folks turned on to softball. And you're like, man, I never really followed it. And they're really fun. And they win a lot. I think I'm doing this to myself when it comes to track and field. Because I'm one of those guys that, really only pays attention to track and field when the Olympics come around, right? I'm like, I bet 90% of the world is like that, if not more. But I'm taking a more of an interest in Marshall track and field because, hey, I know how, I know what 60 meters is, right? I know what these events are. So to when we talk about it and you say, wow, this record fell again. Wow, that record fell again. You start to become familiar with more names than just the great Abby Herring. You start to be like, oh, okay, well, I recognize, you know, Macy Majoy breaking another record. I recognize that name. I recognize Kylie Maston doing something. So this is this is cool for me that, that I'm opening my own eyes in real time to a new sport. And I would encourage a lot of folks to start paying closer attention, especially with the, you know, the 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 reemergence or the restarting of the men's program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That could really become something special to watch. So you might as well start paying attention now. Might as well start now. What if we come out of the gate here and some about championships and just, you know, go off the charts with it and and uh, open a lot of eyes? Like, don't be late to the party. Start paying attention now. Get to know these athletes now. A lot of them are in-state athletes, right? So mm -hmm. it just gives you another reason to cheer. It's West Virginia kids doing good stuff for the herd. And if you're a fan of the football team only or – a fan of the football team as a majority of your sports fandom from Marshall, 
the men's track team, as we've talked about, is going to amplify that quite a bit because Coach Huff mentioned that we missed out on a recruit for football last year because we did not have a men's track program. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of those uh, players like to do both. It's something that if they want to play two sports, they can do something that's not as uh, intrusive, I guess you would say, as playing basketball and football because the schedules overlap, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I will just say, too, that since we started this show, and you know this is a little bit of patting on the back on what we're doing, but also what you just said, we've opened our own eyes. Yeah. And we have followed all these deserving athletes who are running for our alma mater, the team that we love, the teams that we follow. And it's, uh, it's not just the men's sports. It's the women's sports. It's all sports here at Marshall. And we have enjoyed covering it, following it, learning more about some of the things. And it's just great to see anytime that we have success in these programs. And right now, it just seems like week after week, that's all we're talking about is growth and success in these programs. Yeah, I'll tell you another cool thing before we move on. Uh, I've started here recently seeing come across my timeline, like been offered by Marshall Track and Field. You know, blessed to say that, uh, you know, I'm continuing my education at Marshall. I'm going to run track and field. That's cool because that's never something that I used to see. And now it's finding its way to to our timeline and I get to share that with folks. So they can really start to get a feeling for who will be here, who who's what the future of the programs look like. That's cool, uh, in in a completely different capacity. Uh, so great showing by herd, uh, track and field, especially the women's team taking that win. Let's move it over to tennis. I've been following this live because the match is going on while we're recording. Uh, the herds hosting Penn State, and they had been locked at three to three in the in singles play for the longest and then i finally clicked over to see that penn state won the single section four to three giving the herd their first loss on the season now three and one they will host vcu tomorrow in huntington as well so let's try to get some bounce back try to get us a bounce back win move to four and one but the tennis team's been kind of killing it hot start uh they were they were i mean like i said it was three to three you know, and we were, and I was kind of glued to the timeline, seeing if it would uh, update. And uh, it's kind of bummed to see that it, you know it's coming down to the final match to see who would take singles win or take the singles portion. And uh, bummer, but let's get us a bounce back tomorrow. And um, gotta love what they're doing there. Let's go. Let's talk about women's basketball, Russ. They've been on a run here lately. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> been on a little bit of a run since we did our last show. They've gone. Three and O. Spoiler alert: We're going to talk about some wins here. They've gone three and O since our last episode, because as we're recording, the win over Georgia State is literally less than an hour old. So that's that's your third win. But since we talked about them going nine and nine, dropping to nine and nine, way back when, and I remember saying, "Nothing now's now's as good a time as any to go on a run." That's exactly what they've done. They've gone five and O since dropping to nine and nine. So let's talk about it. Uh, the last game we talked about, the ladies were down in Monroe playing Louisiana Monroe, snuck out a win in that one. Then they moved over to Jonesboro, played Arkansas State, got them a 71-59 to win in that one. Rashala Scott went off 25 points. Abby Beeman had a double-double, 14 points and 12 boards. Then I think the game that most folks were really excited about, of course, 
Appalachia State coming back to the cam. That, that's yeah. always one I think here that herd fans are going to put a circle around. Doesn't really matter what sport it is. And the ladies got him a big win in that one, 72 to 64, protecting the Cam Henderson center floor. Uh, Rochelle Scott again, 22 points. Abby Beeman, 13 points and nine rebounds. Mahogany Matthews had 12 points and eight boards. And Sydney Scott had 11 points. Four herd scores in double figures to help the, the herd cruise to that 72 to 64 victory. And today, today, uh, the herd hosted Georgia State. And you watch that game. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, I'm going to let you tell on yourself here in a little bit. But the herd pulls out the victory 50 to 45. Abby Beeman, 16 points, six rebounds. Rashad Scott, 12 points. Mahogany Matthews, 11 points, six rebounds uh, to extend to a five game win streak. Now, now. <laughs> yeah, let me, t- let me take over just briefly. <laughs> so I watched the first half. Uh, I've got, uh, got some stuff going on, uh, that I had to take care of. And, uh, I was like, you know, I hate to not watch the second half, but I really got to do this stuff. So we go up to record, you know, after the game's <laughs> over and, and you said, you know, they won today and I'm like, what? And you're like, yeah, they won today. And I, I hadn't been able to check, you know, I've yeah. been with and uh, I, I said, man, they were down at halftime. And before the half started back, you know, I had to, I had to leave. I had to stop watching. And um, it <laughs> blew me away because this is how many times have we seen that we've been down double figures? How many times have we seen that we've been, you know, looking at, I mean, even 21 points down, I think it was uh, earlier this year. And we uh, rolled, rolled off 22 in a row to go up by one. Uh, we came back and won this game and we come back yet again a couple times in the past week that we've had come from behind victories. And uh, I just have to say, team, I love you, but why don't we try not getting behind and just blow everybody out by 30? I, I don't know if you guys have thought about doing that, doing it that way, but uh, it's uh, much, much uh, easier to just blow everybody out by 30 than to have to come back by double digits. So Yeah, I think on the broadcast, <laughs> don't quote me on this, I think on the broadcast I heard uh, Mark Martin say that this is the fifth time this season that the Herd has come back from double digits to secure a win. Yeah. And, I mean, they you want to talk about closing out strong, right? Uh, I didn't get to watch the whole game. I was out doing family stuff also and came in and just turned it on while I was getting ready for the show here. And I want to say that uh, Marshall had the lead two to nothing mm-hmm. and then didn't lead again until, until less than a minute, minute. to go. Yeah. So the, the quit is not in the vocabulary, right? Cause you could pack it in at what, at any point between yeah. two to nothing and like, uh, I don't know what it was. I'm going to say like 43 to 44, whatever it was. Yeah. You could have packed it in and be like, man, <laughs> it got up to uh, 17 to four and then it kept, around that 13 11 to 13 point uh margin there for for the longest time while I was watching it and yeah. again you know I I was disappointed in the start but I kept watching but you know I had to stop uh due to some some things but um yeah come back yet again and there's even more times that we've come back and we've fallen just short just short just short yeah yeah so you got to love man this is the definitely the don't quit team 
Yeah. Let me tell you how they close out a game. At eight minutes and 30 seconds remaining in the fourth quarter, Georgia State had a 40 to 34 lead. The score ended 50 to 45. Marshall went on a 16 to 5 run to close out that game. That is not quitting right there. I mean, forget all the time in front of that. Those last eight and a half minutes, you go on a 16 to 5 run to close that one out. Tony Kemper is deserves far more credit this season than he's getting. Yeah. I will tell you that. And it's not just him, it's that whole staff, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's all those girls working their tails off. Yeah. They have that mentality. How many times have we talked about it? These tough losses, these tough games early in the season will benefit you later in the season or at times in the season. And this is A, later in the season, and B, one of those times in the season. And it benefited yeah. them because they didn't quit. They never got shook. They never quit working. They never quit fighting and trying and making plays. And they clawed back and finally overtook the lead. And when they finally took the lead, it was stifling. It was like, that's it. You know, there were a couple of good looks for Georgia State. Um, but ultimately, they made some foul shots at the end of the game and iced it. Iced it away. It was – It was. Uh, I think they were down by one. And, and uh, Abby – put in a, uh, a layup or a jump shot and got a, got a foul. So it was a three-point play, and that was it. Then From then on, the last minute of the game after that play, it was just – there was no chance. I personally – I was like, I hadn't watched this game. I didn't know the ebb and flow of the whole game. But when I saw that happen, I was like, they're not winning this game. Like, the, the herd is going to close this out, right? I didn't know what happened up to that point. And uh, I saw that happen. I thought, there's no way. There's no way. And they held, they, uh, held them off and – now they're 14 and nine. When you're an opposing coach, how do you game plan? Do you tell your your players like, look, we hope that we can get up by 40 so we have a chance? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, what do you what do you say? It's like, guys, I mean, just get ready for it. They're gonna yeah. score 20 in a row. You yeah, know? they're gonna go on a run or two. Yeah. yeah. You know, and they just couldn't, they just couldn't couldn't knock them out. You know, you you, you they could not deliver the knockout blow to the herd. You know, they took all the punches and they punched back a little bit, but they just never could get knocked out. And I was frantically looking for like the Rocky gif where he says, I didn't hear no bell. Cause that's what I was thinking <laughs> of. Like they didn't quit. They didn't, they're, they're coming just back in. Use the Randy Marsh one. It's much better. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's go over to the men's side of the all basketball right. uh, arena. And they too, have been streaking since dropping a rough one on the road there a couple of games back. Uh, absolutely obliterated Georgia State at the Cam Henderson Center back on January 28th. 103 to 65 in a freaking Sunbelt Conference game. I mean, a near 40 point win. And can I say that it was not as close as what that score is? You can I mean, say that, sure. Well, I just did, and <laughs> I'll reiterate it. It was not that close. <laughs> this this game was over, and it was over early, and we just demoralized that team. And it's kind of like – I'm not saying that we put in, you know, scrubs. Everybody on our team is good, you know. But we put in the players that rarely get to play because the other guys are just playing so well, the the first seven and eight and nine in the rotation. And we put those guys in, and you could tell that the marching orders were don't embarrass them. You know, because we were at like 99 points or something like that with 
several minutes to go, if I mm-hmm. remember correctly. And it was just like, hey, run some clock, take some time, you know, let's show some class. We're up by a lot. No need to, you know, beat them until, uh, you know, they're they're done. They're done. I mean, I don't want to – I'm not trying to pile on, right? But you, these games, especially in conference games, they just don't happen very often. No. So the herd was kind of on, and Georgia State kind of was not. But just to drive some of these points home, right, Marshall scored 56 points in the first half. Georgia mm-hmm. State had 65 for the game. So you didn't have to do much in the second half. And Marshall still went out and scored, you know, 47 in the second half. And I don't think they were trying to embarrass anybody. They, it nope. was just working. I mean, six yep. guys were in double figures. Andy Taylor led the way, 20 points, seven assists. Uh, Kenzie and Obina both had 18 apiece. Uh, Kenzie double double, 10 assists on top of that. Kerfman and Han Logden both had 11, and Connor had 10. The weird stat that came out of this game is despite all that, Marshall was still out rebounded. And it yeah. didn't like it did not matter. I don't know how you get out rebounded. It was only 43 to 37, right? But that's a half a dozen rebounds, and it's a 40 point win, 38 point win. That I don't know that I've ever seen that, to be honest with you. I'm sure it's happened before. I don't think I've ever seen it. Well, we we shot so well, we had uh, not as many opportunities for offensive rebounds uh, as we normally did because we were shooting so well and so many fast break points and points in the paint that we just didn't have them there. I I don't remember and I don't have the box score up to compare what our offensive rebounds were to other games, mm-hmm. but rebounding has been a bit of an issue uh, in this uh, last five games or so, and we hope to change that and little spoiler we're going to need to change that when we talk about our game coming up but uh no that game was also unique for how many assists that we had early i was about to say that we we were on pace to do something crazy like 40 assists i think we ended with 26 if i remember 26 yeah but the disparity is huge georgia state had nine as a team we had nine within the first like 12 baskets i think that we had it it was uh it was something ridiculous like the number of assists per uh field goals that we had early in that game we were almost every single uh field goal that we made was mm-hmm. via assist and just finding the open player finding you know the the guy lobs at the basket that sort of thing it was it was unreal so following up that big win, uh, it was the Herd's turn to hit the road and head to Boone, North Carolina, in another game that was a lot of a lot of chatter going around the Twitterverse between the fan bases. Um, mm-hmm. From what had happened early in the season, if you'll remember, Marshall kind of ran Appalachian State out of the gym at the Cam Henderson Center. So the you know the Mounties were looking for a little payback against the Herd. They've been not tossing shade again, they've been really unsuccessful as an athletic program this year when facing the herd. And that cannot set well uh, with uh, those Appalachian State fans. It's 0-7. Yeah. Woo. Uh, I I don't think any of us would have figured that. You know, you think at some point you're going to trip up somewhere. And Marshall just hasn't been able to do it. And guess what? Still hadn't happened because the herd goes down to Boone, gets a win, 66-58. If, uh, if, all of our people that are really good with memes and things are listening. Uh, maybe we could uh, have Owen do a knock knock joke 
You know, it's like <laughs> knock knock, who's there? Owen, Owen who? Owen seven? Because that's what App State is against us now. I think I can make that work. I can probably well, do that real quick. As soon, soon as we hang up here, do it. I want to. I see think it. I will. <laughs> uh, but that was that was uh, an impressive game too. The 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 Mountaineers were really itching to get that win. They wanted that. And it, it was odd to me because leading in, they they did not hype. They were hyping the game Saturday, which is today, as we were recording against James yeah. Madison. They they're doing a whiteout. They you know they they didn't want to hype the herds game. So maybe they already knew they were going to take that L. But mm. whatever. Uh, Herd is nineteen and five, looking to get to twenty wins in that game. Uh, scoring is dominated, of course, by Andy Taylor and Tavion Kinsey again. Andy Taylor goes for. 21 and seven assists. Kenji has 15. Um, that was really it. I mean, it was not a stellar night for the herd shooting 35 and a half percent from the floor, just 25% from three point range. The problem was, um, app just couldn't do enough. You know, they shot well, they shot almost 40% from the floor and 30% from the three point line. Uh, the herd did kind of break that trend a little bit in rebounding. They edged the Mountaineers 41 to uh, 39, but I don't I don't know what it was. I you would think that Marshall wasn't super on. It was shooting I mean? it was shooting early. Uh we had several players that did not make a field goal. I think uh if I'm remembering this correctly, we were uh Andy Taylor was 5 for 9 in the first half and I tweeted out that the rest of the team was five for 24. Mm. So five for 24. And that included some, uh, I think Kenzie was three of seven or something like that. So just, there was no one else able to hit. Kerfman was over the field. Uh, Connor over the field. It, Han Logton, uh 10 seconds into after sitting, sitting most of the first half or a good portion of the first half, he was just 10 seconds in. He just kind of had his hands here and the guy wasn't shooting or anything called a third foul and he had to go to the, the uh, bench again. So when you take that guy off the court, that just alters our defense that alters our rebounding. It just changes so much in our game. And he, you can tell the impact that these freshman players have had when he goes to the bench, you know, the game changes when Fricks mm -hmm. was out for three games with that injury, we lost two of them. Uh, the game changes. Our our defense changes. Our rebound changes. We lose that length that has really helped us. So yeah, that's that's kind of what I saw was our shooting early and the foul trouble that Han Logton was in. So along with that, uh, Han Logton only had four points in the game. He did have eleven rebounds in the game, but because he spent so much time on the on the bench and foul trouble, or on the bench, maybe not so much time. You did get some quality minutes from David early again yeah. and Wyatt Fricks again. Both of them had 16 minutes in the game, and both of them scored six points, and Fricks chipped in with another five rebounds, and early had a couple as well. So there were – they did pick up the slack for quite a bit, and, of course, having Han Lofton on the bench, it, it like you said, it alters so much stuff that, you know, it drives down the point total. It makes the games a little closer than they should be, but still – Another one of those games that it didn't go the herd's way, like in an ideal situation, and they're still able to win. So mm -hmm. uh, now we look forward to tonight's game uh, in Louisiana, the Cajun Dome against Louisiana Raging Cajuns. And this is a big one because there's kind of a uh, 
there's a there's a knot of three teams kind of atop the standings. They're not really tied, but you're going to have to win these games to rise to the top. You know, whoever yeah. wins out of the Louisiana Southern Miss Marshall trio here, they're all kind of knotted within a game, half a game of one another in the mm-hmm. wins loss column, whatever column you're looking at. And they're they're pretty good. Uh, the Cajuns are undefeated at home. I think I saw 10 and 0 at the Cajun Dome maybe this year. Yeah. Uh they've got a contender for player of the year just like Kenzie, so this is being billed as one of those type games to where, you know, you could see the player of the year in the conference separate themselves from the other guy depending. Mm-hmm. Uh this is not going to be tough and and the herd really needs to get this one and before we go dive deeper into that, I'm just going to mention that after that we go to Coastal Carolina in Conway and play on Thursday. February 9th, but let's not get to that one. Let's talk about this one at the Cajun Dome tonight because there's a lot on the line. Yeah, so I was uh, doing some research on this. Uh, we put it out on Twitter that I was on uh, 103.7, the game, Louisiana Lafayette's uh, radio station down there, sports radio. Uh, so I wanted to know a lot about their team. They seem to get the majority of their uh, production from in the paint. Jordan Brown is who you're referencing of uh, potential player of the year. He scores 19.6 a game and uh, also gets over seven rebounds a game. So he's a force down low. He's uh, an older player, a little bigger. uh, And it will be interesting to see if he can keep Han Logton off the boards or if Han Logton with his uh, 7-1 and long wingspan can get some of those nation's uh, top shot blocker uh, potential that he can get Jordan Brown off his game. They also score a lot from three-point land, and we like to think that we shoot a lot of threes, and we do. They've shot about 150 less than us, but they've only made 20 less than us. They're shooting over 40% as a team, and three of their guards are like ones at 46%. You know, we're talking about Kerfman, how great he is at 41, uh, 41 and a half. And they've got somebody shooting almost 47% from three. So that's what to look for from them tonight. They uh, they are close to us in rebounds. They're close to us in points. We do a little bit better in points allowed than they do. But it's two very evenly matched teams with just different ways to get those points in. And uh, just from a non, well, not a total basketball standpoint here, I've been thinking about this over the past couple of days since this game's been building up, and I've been thinking like we love our, we love our buddies down there at the Raging Review, and I, the, I'm not trying to tall shade again for like the tenth time this episode, but has there been a team in this first year of the Sun Belt that has been the thorn in the side more? than Louisiana. And and I can take it all the way back to the bowl game last year. They beat us in the bowl game. They beat us in the midweek, ruining the debut of the, you know, the uh the black, the helmets. black helmets and and all that kind of stuff. And now, you know, we're going to be locked up in this big uh basketball game that could go a long way for seeding and postseason awards and all that yep. kind of stuff. Um just from a fandom standpoint, I just like to freaking beat them sometime in one that counts, right? right. And this one yep. counts. Yeah. So they've they've gotten us two other times that I can think of off the top of my head. Both have been in football, but uh, this is our first opportunity to get one from them uh, from the basketball side of things to where it really, really counts. Let's and, talk uh, about why it counts so much. Okay, we 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 are 
one game behind Southern Miss and one game behind Louisiana. We own the tiebreaker over Southern Miss. We beat them by 26, something mm-hmm. like that, I think. Um, if we beat Louisiana at Louisiana, we'll have the tiebreaker over them and we'll be tied with them, but above them. Louisiana and uh, Southern Miss play each other on Thursday. So depending on what happens tonight and depending on what happens on Thursday, we could be in sole possession of first place. If Louisiana loses to us tonight and beats Southern Miss on Thursday, that's exactly what will happen because even with any kind of ties, we'll be above both of those in the tiebreaker. Why does that matter? The first four, the top four teams uh, in the tournament get a double bye. Oh, that's huge. Huge. And if you are first, it's so much better. Second and third are almost interchangeable, but so much better than fourth. Uh, so you don't want to be fourth. You don't want to be second or third. You want to be first. And and you would play the highest seed that you could possibly play in that first game is either an eight or a nine that mm-hmm. you would be playing. You might play an 11. You might play a 13. But the, the very highest seed you can play in your first game would be the eight or the nine team. And then from there, you're going to be playing uh, the the four would be the, the highest that you could play in the semifinal game. Uh, and then you would play, uh, you know, whoever from the other side, most likely a two or a three. But you really want to get that top seed. The top four, again, double by top seed by far has the easiest path to the finals. Yeah. And, and I got to say, Louisiana is red hot right now. They are. Nine-game winning streak. Yep. Nine-game win streak. Southern Miss is on a seven-game win streak. So something's going to give this week. One way or another, something is going to give. I think Marshall just needs to try to take care of business in a big way tonight, Uh, get one of those convincing wins over a good team. Again, we've seen them get a gutsy win over a a pretty good old Dominion team. We saw them get a blowout win against this Southern Miss team. And, you know, their fans have – excuses for that as to why or whatever you know whatever it doesn't matter it doesn't change the score on the scoreboard but uh this is an opportunity to get a convincing win against a really good team at their house and that would be yet another type of victory on the season for the herd i really hope they're able to do it um, but i would take a hard-fought claw to victory win too any way you got to do it we just got to get this one so look we got one more thing we got to talk about and then we can get the heck out of here and of course that is Softball. Softball is cranking up real, real soon. Sunday, tomorrow, uh, I'm going to try to get this episode up tonight so folks can hear about this and maybe get an opportunity to go. If you're, if you've heard your context clues, it's now currently Saturday, February 4th. So uh, tomorrow, Sunday, February 5th, softball is having their annual black and green scrimmage from two to four over at the dot. And you'll have an opportunity to not only watch them play a nice inter-squad scrimmage, but you get to mix it up with the players and coaches and everybody, and they're going to make themselves available for, you know, just meeting with the fans and hanging out. So if you've got some kiddos and you'd like to go over there and, and rub shoulders with some pretty cool cats, then I know a whole field of them that are going to be out there just waiting to see you. Should be a nice day. Supposed to be fairly sunny, mid-50s. You ought to have some pretty good weather to get out there. Get out there. Go Go get a preview of what this – potential new look type softball team is going to look like because uh spring season is gonna or the spring will bring the start of the season next weekend 
down in my neck of the woods. And I made the promise if I'm off work, I'm going to go watch him play. My wife is pumped for it. Uh, so hopefully I've got Saturday off next week and we'll be able to travel up about an hour away and, and watch the, watch the girls play. But tomorrow get out to the dot from two to four, maybe a little early and uh, watch the black and white scrimmage or the black and green scrimmage. Should see me and my family over there. If nothing uh, changes, we're hoping to be over there. And uh, the girls are really looking forward to it, of course, as we as we discussed. But uh, you don't I know that there's been some turnover on the roster, but you don't find a better team that just has fun from start to finish of a game. They are just magic to watch. And it's, again, not magic. Yeah, but it's such a fun, fun team to watch. Well, you know, Megan's told told us that it's dot magic, and and a lot of that magic revolves around the fans in the stands, right? Yeah. We they need that environment there. So get yourself accustomed to going over there. Go if you've never been before. Tomorrow's a great time to go over and check it out. It's a really cool venue. I mean, it's very intimate. You're right on top of the action. You can hear it all. You can see it all. It's it's just a lot of fun, and it's free. It's free. So, Russ, if you don't have anything else, take us out of here. All right. No matter where you see us, whether you see us uh, on 103.7 The Game uh, being asked to come on their show, if you see us over at the Joan, if you see us at the Cam, or if you see us tomorrow at the green and uh, black and green game <laughs> at the dot, bring in your own little dot magic with uh, – three nearly feral children that I'll be bringing over there. <laughs> Always with the feral children. No matter where you see us, we're <laughs> going to be saying, go herd. Go herd. It's the Thundercast. We'll see you next week. Later. Later.